0: Good morning. The reading comes from Acts chapter 10 verses 19 to 36. That's Acts chapter 10 verses 19 to 36. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you are looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the Centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean so when i was sent for i came without raising any objection may i ask why you sent for me cornelius answered four days ago i was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said cornelius Then Peter began to speak. I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all.
1: It's great to be with you, St. Michael's, albeit virtually. Uh, My name's Jono, married to Lucy, we've got three children, and we're based in Oxford, and I'm training to be a vicar at Wycliffe Hall. Our theme today is what about international neighbours? Up until a few years ago, most of my travel um, and my interaction with international neighbours, so to speak, had been on holiday. But last summer, Lucy and I and our children, we returned from five years in the Middle East. Uh, We studied Arabic for two years, and then we were working with churches in Jordan to do relief and development with Syrian refugees. Uh, And then we got involved in some media stuff as well to break down barriers between uh, Muslims and Christians and help Muslims understand uh, more about who Jesus is. I wonder what comes to mind when you hear uh, the question, what about international? neighbors. This coronavirus has made us all aware of the globalized world we live in and of just how interconnected we actually are. One person catching a virus in China can spread it across the world in months. We love the way Britain is embracing and celebrating their diversity here on our doorstep. We've really noticed it since coming back. London, you and London, is the most linguistically diverse city in the world with more than 250 languages spoken. St Michael's, Guy Reckons, uh, has maybe two dozen countries represented. Our international neighbours are both near and far and even the far ones can be reached within hours on a plane. But what does our Christian faith say about our international neighbours? And if it does say something How can we graciously interact with people from other cultures? We're going to look at two things that come through this story of Peter and Cornelius. God's mission and our response. Humble hearts and loving actions. Do get your Bibles out if you've got one to hand. We're in Acts chapter 10. Firstly, God's mission. This story is a pivotal moment in God's plan of reconciliation with humanity his overture of love to his children. Back in Genesis 12, God promised Abraham that through his offspring, all nations, all peoples on earth would be blessed. And there's this tension running through the Old Testament. There's this focus on Israel, and yet there to be a light to the nations. There are many stories that could could be given as examples, but Naaman, the, the leper, he was a general in the the Syrian army uh, he gets healed by Elisha and and there's something about his his heart posture to the Lord Jonah gets sent to speak to the Ninevites um, the Psalms and the prophets talk about this as well and um, Psalm 45 verse 17 the nations will praise you forever and ever and then Jesus comes along primarily to the house of Israel but also to non-Jews the Gentiles. The Gospels are littered with stories of Roman centurions, Samaritans, Syrophoenicians, Gadarenes and others coming into restored relationship with God. Then Acts starts, the Acts of the Apostles. In Acts we see the Gospel starting in Jerusalem but going beyond its border to the region Samaria and then internationally to the ends of the earth. And this story is the turning point When the Gentiles come into God's family. Our story today is 70 verses, we only read a quarter of it and it doesn't get much attention compared to some of the shorter well-known ones but it is a key point at which the gospel goes out. This is the start of it going beyond the Jewish boundaries into Gentiles. I'm just going to outline the fuller story. Peter's ended up in Joppa, modern-day Jaffa, Tel Aviv. Um, Jaffa's the old city. Tel Aviv's only been there about 100 years. He's there doing some healing, some some teaching. Meanwhile, 32 miles up the coast in Caesarea, there's a Roman centurion uh, at the garrison there, Cornelius. uh, And he has a vision. He's a devout God-fearing man. His faith is active. Uh, We can tell that because he gives generously to the poor. It's not just some intellectual faith. And he's a leader of 100 soldiers and of his household. And then it says, God's heard your prayers. He, He has an angelic visitation. He has a vision. God's heard your prayers, he gets told. He knows your faith. Now send some soldiers to Joppa to bring a man called Peter to you. He's staying with Simon the Tanner. And then we get this scene change that Luke puts in and we go jump back to Peter and Joppa. And he's staying with Simon the Tanner uh, down on the seafront and he's up there on the flat roof uh, and he's praying and he's hungry it says uh, and he falls into a trance and he has this vision and in it Heaven opens and he sees a large sheet coming down and on it all sorts of animals, including, it says, all kinds of 4 animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Those were unclean animals. And a voice tells him to get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. Then the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, don't worry, he's slightly confused by it too, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. Then it comes to the bit that we had in the reading. Cornelius' soldiers explain why they've come They spend the night with Peter. Then the next day, Peter, six of his friends, and the three soldiers walk the day and a half journey back to Cornelius. Cornelius, meanwhile, has gathered his whole household around him, his wife, his children, his servants, presumably some other soldiers. uh, And he bows down in front of all of them. Then we get verse 33. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism, but accept from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. He explains the gospel message in more detail. They're baptised, they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues. After this point, the church rapidly grows and expands further and further as the apostles and the church understand that this message of life and love through Jesus is not not just a Jewish thing, it's an everyone thing. This peace is for everyone. No one is deemed unclean or unworthy of God's love, as God declares through Peter's vision. Jews, Gentiles, Brits, Arabs, Mongolians, French, Eritreans, Nigerians, everyone is welcome. So much could be said, but what's the main thing? God wants all people to be in relationship with him. He accepts people from every nation. And how does he accept us? Verse 36, this good news of peace is through Jesus Christ, the Lord of all. The Father sends the Son, God takes the initiative. This is God's mission. He's doing it. I love the story of the explosion of the church in China. Conservative estimates put the church in China at 100 million. But the church growth only happened after the Western missionaries were kicked out by the communist revolution in 1949. And then the church grew. This is God's mission. He's doing it. Sometimes we're tempted to think Christianity is for Westerners and other religions are for people from other different cultures. This story wants us to think again. The Bible teaches that God is for all people. He wants all to be saved through Jesus. Jesus cares about your Turkish Muslim hairdresser. Jesus wants that Buddhist Chinese family from the school gate to hear about the peace only he can offer. Jesus is for that Tunisian tour guide you're gonna meet on holiday. As we've seen, God doesn't need us, but the glorious thing is that he chooses to use us. That's our second theme our response. God uses humble hearts and loving actions. A few thoughts and applications on humble hearts. Did you notice that God sent the angel to Cornelius to send for Peter? Peter had the privilege of sharing the message of Jesus. God chooses to use humble people. Cornelius was a man of great stature in his society but he also had immense humility. He was generous. He gave freely. He bowed down in humility to Peter in front of a large crowd and he received the teaching about Jesus. Peter too showed humility. He let the gospel move his heart that he was willing to stay with a tanner, someone who would have been considered unclean because he worked with carcasses all day. Peter showed humility in the way he was available to God. He was willing to drop things at a moment's notice. Some practical tips on how we can show humility. We can pray, humble people pray, and God loves to answer prayer. A week before we left Beirut, uh, we needed someone to do some translation work. I managed to track down this uh, woman, we'll call her Noor and uh, got her to translate some Bible stories into Farsi and uh, gave her the the stuff to translate. And then we prayed, we prayed hard. We said, God, please reveal yourself. Please reveal yourself in a vision, in a dream. And then he did it. The next day she'd been working on the uh, translation work and Jesus appeared to her that night and stood with her for two hours. And he said, nor you are my daughter, I am wiping your slate clean. I am giving you a new beginning. She got baptised about five months ago and she's in Christian community and being discipled. Number two, take a posture of learning. Be interested in their culture. Uh, When we were studying Arabic, uh, we learnt new words by asking new questions and uh, we'd hear people's stories, we'd learn about their upbringing, about their culture, about their values, about their worldview. Um, ask people about their culture, they'd love to tell you about all their traditions, uh, about their food, the way they do things. Um, right now it's Ramadan for our Muslim friends. Uh, learn a Ramadan greeting so that when you see your Ram, uh, your Muslim friend, you can say um, say a greeting, Ramadan Kareem. It shows them that you're interested. Take a posture of learning. And three, look for humble people who God has prepared, like Cornelius in this story. These are people who are they often show interest in you, they they're in, they're open to new ideas and they're spiritually sensitive remember when we were new to Jordan uh, we'd been there about a month and Lucy and I were walking in the neighborhood and we were in a shop and this this guy said "Why have you left England to come here um, people don't move from the UK to this conservative conservative Sunni Muslim neighborhood um, and like I said in my best Arabic at the time we've come to give hope from God to Syrians and he said, I think God sent you to me. Um, and God had been working in his heart. Um, he was spiritually sensitive. He was open to new ideas. He um, had two miraculous dreams where Jesus appeared to him. And he got baptised. and uh, He's bringing some friends of his to know Jesus as well. So we're thinking about our response. God using humble hearts and loving actions. A few thoughts on loving actions. Number one, hospitality. Invite people over, and also invite yourself over. Um, Peter invited the soldiers in, he had them over for a night, and that would have entailed rushing around and uh, preparing a few meals. Um, he lets himself be invited to Cornelius's house, a day and a half's walk away, by inviting yourself over to other people's houses, you show them honor. Here are some pictures of uh, the incredible hospitality we've been shown. The word honor uh, and bounty are closely related in Arabic. And when, uh, when they have you over and they lavish their hospitality on you, it actually brings honor to them. Number two, speak about Jesus, not Christianity. Peter spoke about Jesus. He didn't speak about Judaism. Christianity to some people uh, carries some baggage. Um, some, some people in some parts of the world when they hear Christian, the word Christianity, they think the West and Hollywood and negative connotations of um, certain lifestyles. Uh, People love Jesus, though. They might not know everything about him, but people generally, I find, show an openness to hearing stories of Jesus. Learn a parable. Um, People love stories. Often they're from oral cultures. Number three, here's a resource called Journey to Truth, uh, which seeks to answer a lot of the questions questions and objections that Muslims have towards faith in Jesus. Follows four guys as they have their discussions, they open the Bible, and their questions
0: are answered.
1: I'm just about to finish, but maybe there's one person, and as you've been hearing some of these stories, maybe God has excited you in a fresh way. Maybe God's been speaking to you, and he wants you um, to consider moving abroad to share about Jesus cross culturally uh, for a season and if that's you um, Lucy or I would love to chat to you Uh, get in touch with Guy and he can uh, connect us we'd love that I'm just going to close now in a prayer let's pray Heavenly Father thank you for your mission thank you that it's been your idea from the dawn of creation to bring all peoples into relationship with you. Thank you that someone somewhere crossed their racial boundary and barrier to get the gospel into English and we've been the recipients of that. Thank you God. And God we pray that you would use us, give us humble hearts, uh, give us loving actions as we seek to uh, witness to your love to people from around the world in Jesus name